Same pattern, Tiki Barber and Brian Dawkins level. That ball went out of here off the top of the wall. Chipper Jones just won the ball game. Time for another edition of our Hometown Heroes podcast. Dan Hickendenny Thompson, uh, brought to you by Locket Law. Know before you blow. Locket Law, know before you blow. Special guest today, Denny. And again, someone, uh, the great thing about Jacksonville is that it is, it's a huge city, you know, in terms of landscape. But we, if you don't know the person, you know somebody who knows the person. Well, we both know this person. You know this person pretty well. And uh, he's former Chicago Cubs slugger, Rick Wilkins. Oh, yeah. Rick, how you doing, man? Guys, good morning. Nice to be with you guys. I'm I'm doing well. It's Monday, and uh, just got back from a t- from a baseball trip. You know, go figure. <laughs> but uh, everything's everything's good, man. Everything's good. When we talk about hometown heroes, mm-hmm. like that's the whole thing. We've had you know what Coughlin, D. Brown, David Duvall, mm-hmm. Storm Davis, those guys. Like the next person or the first one of the first people we talked about was Rick Wilkins. Yeah, and I think people. It's been a little while, Rick. I'm not calling you old, bro, but it's been a little while. <laughs> but Rick had a couple summers that would rival any. Like, it put yeah. him in catcher history right? Um, a couple summers. And so it's it's awesome to bring uh, Rick back to the city of Jacksonville, let him hear what's, what's going on now with Rick. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and listen, I have a great story about Rick Wilkins, and this is why I've always thought the world of him. Uh, during... He had he had that huge year with the Cubs, mm-hmm. hit thirty some home runs, and and I actually set up, and this was hard to do back then. Now, uh, 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 he did a live shot on the local news for me from Wrigley Field, the the dugout. Do you remember that, Rick? I do, I do. That was <laughs> I mean, fun. It took it, it took a little orchestration. Oh yeah. I mean, it was a giant. I mean, from to cooperate. Yes, but, from our but, side, it was but, tough, yeah. but he was gracious enough to do it, and it was, it was. I mean, again, we're talking to Rick Wilkins in the dugout at Wrigley Field after it was fantastic. So, uh, but Rick was a, a great young athlete growing up and played both uh, football and baseball. Right, Rick? Tell us about your youth. I, yeah, I did. So actually, so I uh, grew up here in town. I grew up on the south side, Mandarin, uh, San Jose area mm-hmm. over my youth. And um, wound up going to bowls in the seventh grade. Back then it was seventh to twelfth. And uh, I actually played three sports there, um, football, wrestling, and baseball. And believe it or not, wrestling was my favorite high school sport, if you can believe that. Wow. Um, how did go, go ahead. I, I was going to ask you, how did you ultimately – came down to, you know, you play football and baseball, obviously excelled at both. How did you differentiate, and how did you ultimately make the decision, uh, I'm going to chase baseball? Well, chaotically is the best answer. <laughs> I, 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 made, I made a decision as a, going into my senior year, okay. um, and it was not easy that I was going to wait until baseball to see what offers that came from that. Right. And we were a little bit naive about the process, back then as a multi-sport athlete um, and particularly in baseball back then you had to, you know, and it's still like that a little bit, you had to solicit the coaches a little bit more than you do today. And um, I wound up my senior year on the wrestling mat uh, in the district finals. I dislocated my left elbow and, and coming out of that, 
we, we kind of panic because the first, uh, you know, response and after seeing the doctor was that I could potentially miss the entire baseball season. Oh, boy. At least a major part of it. And so we kind of panicked, had some meetings at Bowles. They were very – they did a great job, and we started looking around. So that's how Furman kind of fell into the, into the mix. Furman kind of recruits a little bit differently. They wait for – all the big schools to kind of grab their guys and then they've got their select guys that they kind of let fall through the cracks. And so um, that's how I wind up going to Furman is, is through the process. Furman would let, told me I could play baseball and football as a, as a freshman. And I went up there and had a tremendous experience with Furman. Um, we wind up playing for a national championship. Uh, I lost, we lost to Georgia Southern to Irk Russell and, wow. and um, um, so I had a tremendous experience. The, the head coach, uh, Dick Sheridan, um, after that um, championship season, decided to leave Furman. He went to North Carolina State, took his old staff with him. And then Furman came to me, told me I could not play baseball as a freshman. And so it, it, it was, you know, put me and my family in a tough spot. We decided that um, um, baseball was kind of my ticket, that I had accomplished everything as a football player I wanted to accomplish and I really didn't have a desire to do anything else in, in football and it was really p- pretty clear at that point for me um, and so Howard Roy the you know mm-hmm. coach at FCCJ forever had extended to me before I left he said you, there's always a uniform here for you if things don't work out at Furman and so we called Howard and he said absolutely come on in and that's how I wound up making my way back to FCCJ Furman decided not to give me my release so I could not have transferred to another D1 school without having to sit out a year anyway. So um, it was a, it was kind of a, a funky pathway. I went to FCCJ, got drafted by the Cubs. After my freshman year, I was a draft and follow, which they don't do anymore. I went back to FCCJ for my second year, signed with Georgia Tech, was a projected first-round pick in the draft, and um, – um, the Cubs wound up coming up, up with first round money um, for me, and so I decided to. I Heck like yes, to, yeah, that's where it's at. Yeah, man, <laughs> first take round. Off. So, I mean, it, it worked out, but I mean, that's a long winded story to to get to. I mean, who knows what the pathway is? I it's mean, such it, a, it, sometimes it gets hard. Yeah, it is hard to trust it and believe in it and have faith, and uh, but it worked itself out. So. It's such a like weird dynamic in baseball with that whole JUCO thing, right? With, you know, if you go to a four-year university, you've got to stay three. in, you go, like, you're almost a free agent each year. Like, in a weird way, like, the Furman thing is probably the best thing that could have happened to you from that that standpoint, right? Yeah, looking back on it, absolutely. I mean, you know, there was definitely a uh, plan for me. I didn't always understand the plan, but, but yeah, it certainly wound up being the best thing that could have happened to me. And, and I'll tell you, at the time, it was a grueling decision. And I was, um, you know, I wasn't 100% when I made the decision. I was about 80%. But, you know, the, you had some lingering doubts that, you know, what if this doesn't work out, then what, what do I do? And, and But it, it, it worked out yeah. quite well. The so. uh, the Cubs teams that Rick was on, Dan, mm-hmm. epic, man. <laughs> I mean, when you start looking at the guys that that you played with, Rick, and at the time of baseball that it was, and that was like you know when the Cubs were the, you know the the they hadn't won a World Series. Let's put it that way, yeah, right? yeah. And so the the fans were there to pull you guys on and to get drunk, maybe even not in that order, <laughs> right? Maybe not even in that order. 
But just talk about your experience in Chicago with that franchise and with the guys that you played with that I know, you know, how close you guys got through, you know, me getting to hang around you and those guys at your golf tournament. It seemed like a, a really neat dynamic and, and a good group of guys. No, without, without question. Um, uh, you've all obviously spent a lot of time at Murphy's Bleachers, which is uh, hmm. a landmark in, in Wrigley behind the, the, the scoreboard back there. And, and, uh, uh, but, but but a great town, fun town. That stadium, that culture is, for that organization has changed dramatically. I, you know, I'll, I'll flip a game on from time to time just to see what's going on, and it's just completely different up there than it was when when I was there. But but to your point, yeah, we had a great group of guys. Um, you know, I was I was fortunate enough to catch Greg Maddox's first Cy Young. Uh-huh. Uh, before he left and went to the Braves, and uh, you know, caught Rick Sutcliffe. Um, in 91 and, you know, play with Mark Grace and Ryan Sandberg and Sean Dunstan and Jerome Walton was rookie of the year. He was on our team. Andre Dawson was our right fielder on the team I broke into. Um, you know, Mike Morgan was a guy that pitched forever in the big leagues that I caught for two or three years, played with Sammy Sosa for four years. So, uh, um, um, and, and, and we were a good, good, nice tight group. We got along well, uh, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, that one of the great things about being a professional baseball player that I learned on a personal level is, is you learn how to get along with other people. Um, and you're not always going to, you know, see eye to eye with everybody, but you got to figure it out. And, um, uh, you know, and for the most part, we all got along pretty well in that clubhouse. And, and people don't re- remember that, that we won, um, you know, the years that I was there. Uh, for the most part, particularly the early years, but we just always finished third. I mean, Pittsburgh was, had a had a tremendous organization, uh, you know, with Bonds and Bonilla, and, right. and uh, Doug Graybeck was a Cy Young winner over there, and and they just we couldn't get past those guys. So we would we would we'd had winning you know eight ten games over five hundred, but we just we couldn't get past those guys. So, uh, um, but but just a great experience, and and. Uh, um, uh, tremendous culture and 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 uh, yeah, the, the the Cubs fans love their Cubs. I mean, they, they just they show up everywhere we go. So, um, uh, but but a great way to break into the game for sure. So true story here, Dan. So yes, my wife grew up right next door to Rick. <laughs> okay, right, so the family still live okay in the same houses. Mm-hmm. So practically, yeah, it, it like <laughs> they basically should have been one house. It's just right there, mm-hmm. and they've lived there for thirty something years. <laughs> And so when I first met my wife, I had moved here from Little Rock. I'm a big Cardinals fan. Ah. Well, I didn't know the Rick Wilkins backstory. Right. Right. So I just met Angie and we were young. She mentioned she's a Cubs fan. Mm-hmm. It almost didn't happen. Oh, well, yeah. I almost just walked away. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. And, and I just uh, then she yeah. stuck around and told me, well, my best friend's brother plays. Her. I was like, oh, OK, well, that's understandable. So you you allowed it. I allowed it. Oh. Yeah. I let her chase me. Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> he's like, because he knows is how scary is that is. <laughs> she don't listen to anything I do. Um, but the, the reality is this family is amazing. And, you know, the yes. story behind the family, Rick, is is not the biggest celebrity in the family, and it's not even close. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think he's the third biggest behind <laughs> his dad and his sister Trish. Right. But just talk about just talk about the family dynamic and and your you know obviously 
um, Trish and and what you guys have have learned through her and done through her and and then your dad being a complete baseball addict to the point he's still coaching I think isn't he I, I would believe well it. he's he finally he finally retired about three years ago three uh-huh. or four years ago and her dad's seventy seven now <laughs> yeah, so awesome. we all we all went to dinner last night for Father's Day uh-huh. and. And we were talking a little bit, as I share with I got back out on the field at Ponte Vedra with, and I'm helping Tom Stanton. And so we're playing a team and, you know, I know half or most of the coaches that we're playing against. And I was, you know, talking to him before the game and, and I hadn't seen him in a while. And I walked over and they, first they said, Hey Rick, how you doing? Hey man, you look good. Look like you're in pretty good shape. I said, thanks. They go, where's your dad? (laughs) (laughs) I go, go, dad's here. He's look over there in the stands. He's got wearing the Indiana Jones hat. So that's a common thing for me. And and I'm okay with it because you're right. Dad's got a real passion for the game and, and really what dad has a passion for is, is coaching and leadership and, Mm -hmm. and, Helping young men grow up, and that's 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 really what's about for him. That's what he loves. Um, speaking to my sister Trisha, um, Trisha has cerebral palsy and she's developmentally disabled. Um, um, for the first ten years of our life together, it was just her and I. Then my youngest sister Amy came along, um, and that's uh, who you referred to earlier as, as Andy's best friend. Yeah. Um, and um, but um, um, that's what we started the foundation for. We saw a need in the area. And um, Tim Wakefield and I are good buddies, and I I started going to his golf tournaments, and, and I took Dad with me to his first one, and just kind of spent a guy's weekend with Dad and played golf with him. And, and Dad, on the car ride home, Dad goes, you know, we can we can probably do something like that up in Jacksonville, and that's how it got started. And so we formed the formed the foundation, and I started calling my buddies and say, hey, we want to do a golf tournament, and by the way, we're playing TBC Sawgrass, and <laughs> We'll fly, we'll fly you in and take care of all your expenses and give you a rental car. And if you'll just be kind enough to come spend a weekend with us and help us raise a little money. And they all started coming in and um, started having a great time. We, we did that for about 22 years. Uh, raised, a, raised a lot of money. Yep. Um, Epic. A big portion Epic of that. Tournament. Yeah. 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 I mean, really, it was like, Rick, that, to the when you go back and you think about all that kind of stuff and you – we think of golf tournaments of today that are single day events. This was a two day event. Yeah. People were in there three days, I think, for the most part. And, you know, probably the thing I look forward to the most all year long was just it was, was a premier golf event. Yeah. Yeah. It was sure. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And a lot of fun to cover. Well, thank you. Yeah. You did thank a great job. Yeah. Thank you. It. Well, we, we tried, we tried to do it right. And yeah. We tried to make sure we, we shared a little bit about, you know, our, our experiences as, as, professional athletes and try to try to do it the right way, you know, and, and, uh, but I appreciate hearing that. And, uh, we had a, it was a lot of work. We, we had a blast doing mm-hmm. it and, um, um, uh, you know, uh, was able to, we took some funds and some support, you know, supported a lot of the local agencies, but, but, uh, the, the cerebral palsy center in town, we did, did a lot of work with, and we, 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 put a, a significant amount of that money in the university of North Florida. We actually helped them build the soccer track stadium that exists over there. We've got a multi-purpose facility room over there at, at North Florida. We've got a scholarship that uh, we funded for an extended period of time for students that want to uh, specialize in, in the needs of the developmentally disabled adults. But just, just, it turned out to be a great thing. 
um, and um, met a lot of fantastic people and, and had a lot of fun along the way. But yeah. um, um, I appreciate the comments, man. It, it was uh, we look back on those days fondly. I bet you do. This is our Hometown Heroes podcast. We're visiting with Rick Wilkins. It's brought to you by Locket Law. Know before you blow. We would be remiss if we didn't ask you. Very, very rarely, you mentioned all these unbelievable Cub players, right? Yeah, that's that, crazy. that Rick played with. Uh, but we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you about the biggest celebrity in Chicago. Uh, Rick Wilkins at the plate. He's from the Bolus <laughs> School in Jacksonville. <laughs> I mean, that was the that biggest was, treat of all. Bad, uh, you know, if the moon were made of cheese, <laughs> would you eat it? I know I would. Uh, the legendary Harry Carey was your guy back in the day, and and I just wonder what how he was he larger than life up there. Yeah, Harry kind of did what he wanted when he felt like it, and everybody just kind of accepted that. And so, you, you, I'll tell you, you, you had to be careful with Harry because Harry either loved you uh-huh. or he hated you, okay. and there wasn't any in between. And man, if he hated you, he would run your ass out of, out of the dugout. I mean, you'd be back in the minor leagues or another team. I mean, he'd just start working on you on air and stuff. And uh-huh. thankfully, Harry liked me, uh-huh. and so. He was nice to me, but uh, <laughs> I'll remember the first interview I had with him. Uh-huh. Uh, I had been in the big leagues about two weeks, um, and w- the Cubs called me up right, right before our West Coast swing. So it was a two-week road trip. We went, gosh, what did we do? We went um, we went San Diego, L.A., San Francisco, and then we flew over to Pittsburgh, right. you know, and played a three-dayer three home runs, my first three home runs in three days in Pittsburgh. And then we went back to Chicago to play the Cardinals for the weekend series. And I, and I hit my fourth home run in four days of Bob Tewksbury. And so Harry interviewed me and I walked up during batting practice and he had his back turned to me and, you know, Harry's known for those glasses. And, and I'll tell you, they, you know, he turned and faced me and he scared the out of me because his, his his glasses were so thick his eyes really they they were about three inches each and and i just you know it, he intimidated me and i tried to play it off i'm like way to go dumbass I mean, you, you know this guy's gonna be on you already and and he was very sweet we had a great interview he's very kind to me and uh but i'll never forget the moment i met him for the first time and and uh um, in a formal way anyway. And, uh, but, but yeah, Harry was fantastic. And, uh, I remember we had a catcher, uh, Hector Villanueva mm-hmm. and, and we would all go in at times if, you know, if I had an off day or something and, 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 you know, just to listen to Harry talk about the players and he used to call Hector Villanueva. He used to call him Hector Vanilla Wafer. <laughs> 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 and so, but that you couldn't do today. Went, no, you couldn't get away with that. No, no, no. Yeah. no Harry no could. So, yeah. Oh, exactly. So when Hector, he was a he was a right-handed power-hitting pinch hitter. He mm-hmm. came off the bench. That was his role. Mm-hmm. When he would go out, when he would come off the bench, everybody would run into the into the clubhouse to listen. To, to listen. Harry oh, that's awesome. Yeah, to announce Hector. Go back for just a second because <laughs> I, I I'm curious here. You mentioned four home runs, four days, Pittsburgh, St. Louis. There wasn't a more way to get popular, famous, however you want to put it in Chicago, than to hit home runs against Pittsburgh and St. Louis back then. Mm-hmm. So just walk us through like that feeling of being however old you was at the you were at the time, 
and going four games, four home runs against the two biggest rivals at the time for the Cubs. And just how did that like? What what does that feel like? Do you like? Do you still remember those days and and the feelings associated with them? Uh, that, without question, um, you know there are um, being a young player in the big leagues. You know, and and come along any minor league system. You know, uh, a common anthology is you know Rick. It's it's you know easier to get to the big leagues than it is to stay there. Um, and, but once you're there and in that light, you, you kind of, there's kind of a moment where you, where you really know that you belong and you get accepted. And back then you guys have to remember, those were still the days when, you know, when you get called to the big leagues, you're not exactly received warmly in the clubhouse because you're a threat to the other guys. Sure. That was the mentality back then. You know, you, you kind of have to earn those guys' respect, even though the organization knows that you're ready to play in the big leagues. The, the guys in the clubhouse, who your teammates, who you're going to to battle with every day, didn't necessarily accept that right away. And so, um, you know, that was that was a moment. Um, you know, after hitting my first home run, I hit hit three in three days. And when we got back to Chicago, I remember Andre Dawson came over to me while we were shagging in the outfield and started talking to me. And I, like that was, you know, one of the elder statesmen on the team kind of giving me acceptance. And that's kind of the way I took it. And um, um, Rick Sutcliffe took me to lunch for a few days. He said, well, Rook, I guess we better get to know you a little bit. And so <laughs> That's cool. And there's another story around that. And that. Those kinds of things start happening behind the scenes and, and – uh, you know, it's just kind of the signal. Hey, man, we, you know, you're right. You belong here. You're part of the team now. Let's 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 go win some baseball games. We're we're thrilled to have you, and uh, we could talk to you for hours. I mean, there's so many great stories, but uh, we love doing this just because we like to go down memory lane, Denny and myself. Yeah. And uh, we certainly appreciate you, Rick Wilkins. So thank you so much for taking a few minutes with us. No, my pleasure, and, and look forward to seeing you guys soon. And, and Dan, I'll see you. You know where to find me. I'll Absolutely. be on the baseball field, so we'll, we'll <laughs> see you out there, man. All right, my man. That's Rick Wilkins and uh, uh, the Hometown Hero Podcast brought to you by Locket Law. Know before you blow. Rick, have a great day.